While attention lovers of dark chocolate, we've been convinced it's the healthy choice, but now the US consumer watchdog has reported concerning levels of heavy metals present in many dark chocolate brands. Here to tell us if it's bad news or nothing to worry about is Dr Beth Penrose, a specialist in heavy metals from the University of Tasmania. Good evening, Beth. Hello. Good evening. Hello. I thought dark chocolate was a healthy choice. Well, in in lots of ways, it is a healthier choice. Um, But, yeah, because of... uh, If you're looking just at heavy metals, then um, it isn't. But if you're looking at all sorts of other... uh, sort of active ingredients then it's and and the amount of sugar and those those kind of things then yes it is okay well let's talk about heavy metals because what are we talking about exactly and in chocolate first let's talk about the metals and then let's talk about how they end up in chocolate dark chocolate sure sure so um well heavy metals is quite an old term and it we it's sort of stuck around, but we try not to use it too much anymore because actually some of the metals that we really mean um, aren't metals at all, and some of the metals aren't actually that heavy. Um, but when we talk about heavy metals, we basically are talking about um, certain contaminant metals and what we call metalloids, which are a bit like metals, but they're not, if you're a chemist, they're not metals. Uh, and we're really talking about, when we're talking about chocolate, primarily lead and cadmium. And yeah, so they end up in chocolate two, in two ways, really. So two different pathways into the chocolate. So cadmium um, is, well, cadmium and lead, that you know, they're natural. They occur in the world, in rock, um, and therefore in soil. And what happens with cadmium is it's taken up by chocolate. It, it happens to occur in uh, many soils. Um, around the world where uh, cocoa, the the plant which we use to make chocolate, is grown. And the plants take it up thinking that it's actually another mineral. So it's it's very similar to a number of minerals that the plant actually needs to grow. And so that's how that happens. So it takes it up and then it accumulates those in uh, the cocoa beans and in other parts of the plant. And then lead is slightly different. So lead and cadmium often occur together in soils and in rocks. And what happens with the lead is it's not really taken up very much by the plant. But when you make chocolate, you have uh, um, cocoa sort of pods and beans. Uh, And then what you do is you um, remove the pods, you ferment it for a little while, and then you dry it. And most of that in the world happens very, very close to the farm where it was grown. And when they dry it, they dry it on these very large um, mats and um, they grow it, uh, sorry, they dry it and they dry it in the sun. And so the soil and dust um, sort of can settle on those uh, drying bits of, of cocoa bean. And that's where the lead contamination comes from, from that dust. Hmm. So how can I find out about the levels of lead or cadmium in in chocolate, in my favourite chocolate? That's a really good question. And it's probably actually quite difficult to to do because um, it's not sort of unique to each particular 
uh, brand because it's not happening in the factory. It's happening from where they're sourcing the chocolate from. So it is true that the highest quality cocoa beans um, are primarily grown in Latin America. And those are the ones that generally, Latin American beans generally have higher cadmium concentrations in them. And so if you want to avoid uh, beans that are from Latin America, that's one way of doing it. Um, and possibly having some slightly cheaper brands um, can also help. The other way is to have a brand that has less of the actual cocoa in it, because that's the ingredient that has the metals in it. Um, and so if you buy milk chocolate, uh, then, then it will inherently have uh, less lead and cadmium in it. Wow. Okay. It's very, very difficult because it depends on where the chocolate company, so, you know, whatever company you're buying the chocolate uh, from, and it depends where they're actually sourcing their cocoa from, and that might stay the same over uh, many years, or it may change. And so what some chocolate companies are doing are uh, mixing the sources of uh, their cocoa beans to reduce the amount of metals in the sort of bulk of the cocoa that they're using to make um, the chocolate. Yeah. So what do we know about the testing by those who are making the chocolate for us? Are they testing regularly for lead and cadmium? Is that part so, of their process? Yeah, so so knowing that would... Um, I don't know, if I'm quite honest, and, and um, I suspect you need to be quite um, familiar with a chocolate company in order to be able to really know how often they're doing that. But I know for a fact that many of the large companies in particular um, have are very, very aware of this issue and have been trying to work on it for a really long time. So I suspect they do are doing a reasonable amount of testing. Oh, that's but I, I couldn't tell you how often. Yeah. 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 So given what we do know and also what we're not necessarily able to find out as chocolate lovers, should we from your perspective, reduce the amount of dark chocolate we eat? Should we avoid eating it every day, for example? So let's be honest, chocolate is not a health food, unfortunately. I wish it were because it's so tasty, but, you know, it's an, it is an ultra-processed food. And um, if you talk to pretty much any nutritionist in the whole world, they'll tell you that, you know, pretty much we should try and reduce the amount of ultra-processed food that we're eating anyway, for many, many other health reasons. And chocolate obviously also has a reasonable amount of fat and a lot of sugar in it. And so there are lots of reasons to avoid eating chocolate very often. And certainly if you want to uh, reduce your uh, cadmium and lead levels, then it, it's a very good idea to limit your chocolate consumption, particularly if you're a child or if you are pregnant um, or breastfeeding. So that, that, that's a really good idea um, to limit uh, your chocolate intake. Um, and it's not, let's be honest, unfortunately, a health food anyway. No, point well made and point taken. I've got a text that's just come in from Maria saying that she switched to organically grown chocolate. Um, does that make a difference? Certainly the latest data 
um, from that report suggests that it doesn't make any difference um, because it's the way in which it's it's naturally occurring in the soil um, and around either around where it's grown or literally where it is grown uh, then uh, having organic makes very very little difference it's not something that's coming in through I know something like fertilizers or pesticides it's something that's naturally occurring in the soil so unfortunately I don't think it's it's going to help a huge amount but it might be that some of the organic brands are getting their their cocoa beans from a particular place which doesn't have as much but um, inherently it's not uh, necessarily going to help unfortunately. Is this something that we should be alarmed about? Um, that's a really, really difficult question to answer. I guess um, there's probably things that you should be more alarmed about. Um, I think, uh, you know, eating lots of very unhealthy food is problematic, much more problematic than this, I suspect. Um, but certainly it's, it's something that we need to be aware of. And, you know, chocolate is not the only uh, plant or, or, you know, product which has uh, metals or, or contaminant metalloids in it. And so there are a number of things that, uh, you know, the uh, World Health Organization and, and people like Fazans, which is Food Standards Australia New Zealand, are, are keeping an eye on in terms of um, how much uh, contaminant metals and metalloids there are in them. Can we talk about that? I was just about to say, is it normal to find, and I know we're using heavy metals in a sort of a catch-all way because they're not necessarily metal and they're not necessarily heavy, but is it normal to yeah. find, <laughs> quote-unquote, heavy metals in food? And if so, what do we need to be aware of? Yeah, so um, yes, yes and no. There are some foods which have, more in them so for example you may know that a lot of fish will have particularly fish high up the food chain so very large fish things like tuna um, do generally have uh, mercury in them and then there's things like rice so rice is primarily grown in paddies where uh, the field is flooded um, and that sort of that flooding changes the chemistry of the soil and therefore the how available some of the uh, minerals are for, for uptake and so we can also get some issues with rice particularly with um, arsenic so um, there, there have been some uh, scares basically around rice products particularly brown rice um, but also uh, rice products for uh, mainly targeted at children because children have much lower um, uh, ability to sort of deal with these things. They need much less for it to be problematic. And so uh, rice products, certainly. And the other one is tea. So tea is generally grown in very acidic soils. And when the soils are acidic, it means that lots of um, the, the heavy metals are more available for uptake by the plant. And they, and they do like taking up the, the, the tea plant itself. So tea can be a bit problematic sometimes as well. Um, yeah, so historically there were some issues with uh, heavy metals uh, being part, a contaminant part of, of fertilizers and also a active part of pesticides to stop um, you know, insects eating stuff. And that was problematic, but, but most of that's pretty much disappeared, certainly in 
places like New Zealand and Australia. But um, yeah, there are some plants which naturally take them up, naturally live in places that have a reasonably high uh, available concentrations of these heavy metals. There are things that you need to watch out for. Um, but you know, day to day, if you if you have a healthy uh, diet, you eat a lot of fruit and vegetables and, and whole foods, and generally you're not probably going to have a massive problem. The major issue uh, for heavy metal load is if you're a smoker. So it's not a food, but it is you are generally smoking a reasonable amount of heavy metals and that's going straight into your lungs and then it's going straight into your bloodstream. And so that's much worse for you than any of the heavy metals that you're going to be eating. Another point well made. But I just want to pick up on vegetables. Are there vegetables, given that quote-unquote heavy metals are found in the soil, are there vegetables or are you seeing a rise in in heavy metals being found in vegetables or fruit for that matter? I'm not sure. I I couldn't say whether there was a rise. What I would say is that leafy vegetables, particularly ones that have hairs on them, um, then they can trap uh, soil or dust particles and they can be a bit problematic. I know some of my colleagues in the UK, for example, were doing some work in um, sort of southern Africa where they were looking at uh, leafy vegetables which are grown near the road. So roads and, and vehicle um, transport can be a, a big source of contamination. Um, and so, and dust that was sort of from near roads uh, can have an uh, elevated level of, of heavy metals in them anywhere in the world. Um, and people uh, were eating certainly leafy vegetables that had a reasonable amount of heavy metals in. So uh, washing your, your leafy vegetables is a really good idea anyway for uh, other sort of microbes and, and bacteria and things like that. And it's also a pretty good idea because it can wash off uh, soil and, and dust, which can, depending on where it comes from, have a reasonable amount of, of heavy metals in. But I think that's less of an issue in pretty much most parts of, of New Zealand um, and Australia, other parts of the world, that's uh, um, a little bit different sometimes. But it's an interesting thing because, of course, what you're referring to is if we're able to eat what's grown locally, where so much of our fruit mm. and vegetables coming in from other parts of the world, not grown locally at all. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would say I, I don't know heaps about the the, the supply chains in, in New Zealand, but certainly here in Australia, most leafy greens come from you know, Australia itself, whether it's far away or, or very, very close. Um, yeah, so leafy greens are the, really the things that you need to watch out for in terms of uh, soil contamination on the outside because they're the things that you really, they pick up those things. The other thing is uh, backyard ch- chickens. So a lot of people here anyway have backyard chickens um, and a lot of people uh, have them in their back garden where there used to be an incinerator. Um, or a boiler where people used to put wood in and um, and burn that wood to be able to, uh, you know, heat their house or heat the water or whatever. And so we are finding in Australia anyway that uh, a lot of backyard chickens' eggs have a reasonable, reasonable amount of heavy metals in, That's and that is quite problematic. So that's another thing that you have to uh, be a little bit careful of. And, and one thing that 
people are doing is, is sending off their soil in their back garden if they've got back, backyard chickens uh, to go and get it tested to see what the heavy, le heavy metal levels are like. And if they are high, then they're basically not able to have backyard chickens anymore. Goodness. And this mm. is, just to, just to recap, this is because of the proximity of the backyard chickens to a boiler that's made of metal or an incinerator that's made of metal. Ah, uh, sorry, yes. So, so it's not that the incinerator or the boiler exists anymore. So this is from, you know, the 1950s, 1940s, you know, and, and perhaps a little bit later than that. What people were doing generally is they were using scrap wood to uh, burn, to incinerate and make heat. And a lot of that wood would have um, either preservatives or which had metals in or paint, which had lead paint, for example, in. And a lot of that, when it was incinerated, the, uh, you know, the, the ash went up and, and distributed. And also people would actually spread the ash on purpose because um, ash is a really great thing to put on your garden. So they put their ash on the garden. Um, and then they were spreading those metals around that had come from, you know, lead paint, preservatives and those kind of things. So, wow, that's how extraordinary. I hadn't really thought of that. So is it very easy for people to get the soil in their back garden or in their garden at all tested? What's the process for that? Um, well, they definitely had a, a scheme in Australia, and I, I, I don't know whether... Um, New Zealand people could send it in. I I can find out, um, but uh, I know the Southern Cross University were was the lab that were testing all of these things, and they and they've done quite a lot of work. And also Melbourne University also had a, a scheme where they were um, trying to get lots of people in Melbourne to send in their soil samples from their backyards. So I'm not sure, but certainly uh, you know talk to your university. Yeah, uh, local university, and they may well be able to do it for you. No, it sounds. I, I think what we'll do on this program is, is see what that process is for our listeners here, and find out how that works for New Zealand soils from front or back back gardens uh, to test them. But it, it's it's bringing up in my mind a question in and around labelling and whether or not we need to see. Uh, measurements for heavy metals in food. Is that something that you're aware of? Um, I I haven't. I mean, apart from water, I think they might have it in water, like mineral water when you buy it bottled. Um, I, I haven't. I don't remember seeing that. The thing about it is that it changes. So depending on where, for example, in chocolate, depends on where they're getting their beans from. And if they're always getting the beans from the same place, then that may not change that much. But if if they're getting their beans actually from lots of different sources, which is very normal in a sort of very commercial um, global company, then it may well change quite a lot. The other thing is that there are things that they're doing on farms to try and reduce heavy metal uptake. So for, for cadmium, for example, they're, they're, uh, if you have younger trees, younger cocoa trees, then uh, your heavy metal uh, uptake and translocation to the, to the uh, beans is less. Uh, they're also trying to do trying to select some uh, sort of varieties which have less uptake. So that's possible as well. Um, and I know that a number of very large uh, chocolate companies are trying to select um, 
uh, varieties which do have lower uptake naturally. So this is not genetic modification, just to be very clear, but just who, who there is variation um, between different um, plants from different places. And so they're trying to exploit that to try and have the low uptake ones. So I look, I, I don't think that pe most people need to worry that much. I would say there, there certainly was some research that came out in 2020, um, which suggested that you should, you probably shouldn't rely just on rice um, for every meal for your kids, very particularly very young children, um, just because the risk of them having a lot of uh, of, of contaminant metals uh, could be a bit problematic. But as long as you have a healthy diet and it's varied, then it's very unlikely that you're going to have a problem, I would say. Um, yeah. Beef, it has so been. Probably yeah. So probably labelling isn't going to be as it's useful make, as, yeah. as perhaps we'd love to. Yeah. Very good. Thank you so much, Beth. It's been really enlightening speaking with you. Appreciate your time tonight. Thanks very much for having me. Pleasure.